This is Hybrid Teaching, People, Pedagogy, Politics, the podcast that addresses the intersections of pedagogy and power in our connected and challenging education environment. It's the audio version of the open access collection of the same name, published in February 2021. The book features 27 chapters of provocative texts addressing the intersections of critical pedagogy and digital technology in our present political moment. I'm Chris Friend from Kane University, and I'll be your host, introducing authors and reading the occasional chapter. This podcast provides one more avenue for accessing the material from the book, which is already available as a Kindle ebook, as a print on demand paperback, as a series of articles published on hybrid pedagogy and other websites, and as a pay what you will PDF download available from Hybrid Pedagogy. This is episode one of the book's Front Matter, and you'll hear the book's foreword read by its author, Robin DeRosa. A Forward to Hybrid Teaching. As the calendar year flipped from 2020 to 2021, many of us yearned for respite. Here in the United States, with Trump's presidency coming to a close and COVID-19 vaccine rolling out, there was a sense that maybe, just maybe, things would get better. But if there's anything we've learned during this past year's dumpster fire, it was that 2020 didn't start it. The racism and xenophobia that Trump exploited to get elected in 2016 were already there, the nerve waiting to be struck. The financial fallout of COVID-19 that plunged so many people into immediate hunger or homelessness and an undeserving set of billionaires into exponential portfolio growth was a grotesque demonstration of the false promise or lie, depending on your mood, of trickle-down economics. Pacific Islanders, Latino, Black, and Indigenous Americans all have a COVID-19 death rate of double or more that of whites. All of this is to suggest that while Trump and COVID are two viruses that have ravaged America in 2020, the core physiology of our country has long been fertile ground for the fermenting of a deadly national inequity. And so it happened to be that the date I had set aside to write this forward was January 6th, 2021. As I watched the Confederate flag forcefully pushed into the U.S. Capitol and saw one angry white man obliviously wave it in front of the portrait of Charles Sumner, an abolitionist who was beaten on the floor of the Senate in 1856 by a pro-slavery congressional colleague, I wondered if now was the time to talk about pedagogy. People, sure, politics, of course, but pedagogy? One of the core refrains that has echoed since the Capitol siege and through the last year, especially each time another unarmed black person was shot dead by a police officer, has been, this is not who we are. Other variations on a theme, this is not America. This is not my America. But how do we know who we are? How do we know what America or any country is, what it stands for? One possibility is we learn it. What you believe the Confederate flag stands for has to do with what you learned. At home from the people who raised you, at school from the people who wrote your textbooks and taught you history, and all around you as you consume media, critically, subconsciously, whatever, and interact with your environment. What is learning? Does it require teaching? If so, is teaching always only done by teachers? Is it always only done by people? Is learning political? What about teaching? In the wake of the insurrection at the Capitol, some have suggested that the humanities are what's needed to combat the deeply intertwined forces of disinformation and white supremacy. 
Learning history helps us avoid repeating our most shameful past national chapters, studying the ethics that encode our perspectives and engaging in conversation about how our narratives reflect our best and worst human impulses can help us understand the proliferate imaginary that shapes our material world. But others have pointed out that many people at the center of the American white nationalist movement and the fake news machine have undergraduate and even graduate degrees in the humanities. Perhaps it's not enough to, quote, know history in order to assure that history is not repeated. Perhaps, quote, media literacy is not enough to assure that media is used in ways that don't further encode violence, surveillance, and discrimination into our culture. Perhaps what we need to examine is not just what content we teach in the humanities disciplines or anywhere else, but how we teach it. This collection stands in some ways at the intersection of where the humanities meets humanity, where we expand outward from the content that delineates our disciplines to the approaches we take to share knowledge and ideas in the hopes of building a world that's more supportive of our collective humanity. If humanity is at the heart of this collection, so too are politics. Today, on the day Americans watched, many in pride, but most in horror, as the symbolic home of our national government was invaded and desecrated, and the process of a free and fair election was literally disrupted, the word seems both frail and complicated. The U.S. Capitol was designed in 1793 by William Thornton, whose wealth came from his family's ownership of a West Indian sugar plantation, and who bought slaves even well into his life as a documented abolitionist. The Confederate flag carried into Statuary Hall on January 6th was surely meant as a threat against the momentum of Black Lives Matter. But that momentum is integrated deeply with the fabric not only of the Union that defeated the Confederacy, but also with the racism that deeply permeates even the righteous symbols of democracy and decency, like the Capitol building itself, that we fantasize run counter to the brutality of the treasonous mobs, 2021 Capitol invaders or 1861 Southern secessionists. What meaning does a Black Lives Matter sign carry when it's planted in the manicured front yard of a suburban white family home who owns a home in a neighborhood where Black people have been systematically redlined out of property ownership? Politics is not so much where two opposing poles irreconcilably collide in an epic battle of good and evil, but a complex web of interrelated power dynamics that constantly threatens to obscure privilege and culpability. I don't mean to suggest that there's any ambiguity about the ethics of certain kinds of oppressive ideologies or events, nor that there aren't real benefits to authentically extended acts of allyship, but I do mean to suggest that it's not enough to know what happened, not enough to stand for truth, for justice, for the American way. We also have to radically center our collective humanity as we seek to understand or find these things. One way to do that is to focus on pedagogy. People productively quibble about the differences between pedagogy and andragogy and hudagogy, my personal favorite. But each of these words is fundamentally about, to quote Joshua Eiler, how humans learn. Generally, education suggests that humans learn well when they're taught. But the question of what teaching is or should be and who should do it and how is certainly an open one. I don't want to pretend I have precise answers here or even know how to ask exactly the right questions. What I think, though, is that there is learning to do. 
and that this learning can't just be about things, can't just be an absorption of facts or even an illumination of truth. It has to be a journey towards humanity, infusing criticality and creativity and collaboration with a deeper commitment to our common human flourishing. Those who want to facilitate that learning for ourselves and for others are the pedagogues. And it's for them, for us, that this collection has been created. I think of this collection as a tool, less an assessment of how things are or should be, and more of an invitation into the messy, ongoing, collective question of how education can, does, should shape who we are and who we will be. That was Robin DeRosa's foreword to the book, originally published February 23rd, 2021, on hybrid pedagogy. Robin DeRosa is professor of English and chair of interdisciplinary studies at Plymouth State University. She researches and writes about public university missions, open educational resources, and open pedagogy. This audiobook version of Hybrid Teaching, People, Pedagogy, Politics is available wherever you find podcasts. The theme music is Where Was I? from Lee Rosevere, which is available under a Creative Commons attribution license. Speaking of licenses, the text and audio of Hybrid Teaching, People, Pedagogy, Politics are also licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0, which means they can be reused with author acknowledgement. Licenses like these make multimedia works like this one painless to create, and I'm especially grateful to each of the authors for allowing their material to be reused in this format. I'm Chris Friend, collection editor, podcast producer, and host. I tweet at Chris underscore Friend and teach at Kane University in Union, New Jersey, where it's cooling off a bit, bringing hoodies and sweatshirts suddenly into fashion. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>